So yes, it was in my early 20s then that I discovered uh, tribal fusion belly dance, which is uh, a style of belly dance that um, kind of fuses together uh, all sorts of uh, stylizations from uh, Indian dance and flamenco and, of course, traditional belly dance. And it was very creative and very open and very fun. And most teachers in tribal fusion also uh, taught a lot of yoga. So I did my yoga training because uh, I wanted to be a good teacher. So for me to be a good dance teacher, you also have to have anatomy knowledge. You have you need more in order to teach. In order to dance, it's easy. You don't need, I mean, it's not easy, but, but, but I mean, you need to practice. But if you want to teach, you also need a lot of knowledge. Yes. So I went into my yoga training. And it was there that I discovered Feldenkrais. Wow. And then, you know, it was, yeah, it was a wow. perfect uh, circle, full circle moment because when I discovered Feldenkrais, um, I understood that this was what I was looking for this whole time. Wow. So I, yeah. And the funny story with me is that I went into a training uh, in uh, Basel, Switzerland without ever having had a Feldenkrais lesson, either a functional integration or, or awareness through movement. I had just read the awareness through movement book and I was wow. like so sure that this is it. Yeah. Wow. Love at first breathe. <laughs> Love at first sight. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was I was 100% sure because um, Paul Rubin, my, my teacher, was asking me like, this is a four-year training. This is a big investment. Are you sure you want to do this? You haven't done any lessons. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure. I read the book. I'm sold. I read the book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you read the foundation from Moshe. I mean, awareness. Mm -hmm. the book Awareness Through Movement is a thesis of, of his method, is what he felt in Christ's method. It's, it's all about, like, yeah. It's a method to, to learn awareness through movement. And, and it's glorious. Actually, mm -hmm. I feel it's the only specialized method to learn to be aware. Like, yes, we have ballet technique. You have to be aware what is your right leg and tell from your left leg. And you have to be aware of the space in martial arts. And you practice breath awareness when you are sitting still in meditation. But like, in my opinion and my experience being like a deep, curious, endless researcher of movement, body-mind movement, there's nothing like the Feldenkrais method to develop awareness and not the kind of awareness that we think of that we have through our thoughts or, or our mind. Because, I mean, to read a book, you need to be mm -hmm. concentrated. To give a speech, you have to be aware of your audience. Like, that's the way we live. But yep. this is working with awareness as yourself. Like, you become ident identified with, with your awareness in a in a very fleshly anatomical skeletal way like yeah it's i am not only my thoughts 
or not even my actions, but I am the sense of myself that expresses through many ways, which is hot. Like that essential for me. I love your story. I love like also like how you connected with, with this method. You were so certain and you went all in passionately. Th those are the paths in life worth we follow, the, the paths that have a heart. Yes, Erifili. Um, you have a very interesting... It, it, well, um, in, in my uh, early 20s, I had a very big uh, life moment. I was working as a graphic designer, which I was very passionate about. And we had this huge earthquake in Greece and two buildings collapsed. I was working in one of the buildings. Oh, no. So uh, I came out unharmed, but I remember as the building was coming down, I was under my desk and thinking, I'm too young to die. And then I thought, if I get out of this, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I was not scared. And it was a very uh, moment of pure awareness. Um, Studying later with uh, Shinzen Young, um, uh, mindfulness, I discovered that many, many people who have these kind of uh, uh, life-death moments get into this space of extreme clarity. And then, you know, everything becomes a lot easier to, to jump off the cliff and go into a four-year training by just reading a book. Yes. Wow. Wow. I, mm, I feel the goosebumps. Like, you were... Protecting yourself beneath your desk from the falling building, saying, if I get out of this alive, I'm going to do whatever I want. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a mantra that you have shared with us, like the feeling, the sense of, of that. Actually, that is life. Like we, we don't have the, the next day, the next hour the next second for granted like that is mm -hmm. truly being in the present when you are confronted with with the reality of of the only thing that we know for sure that is death like that's for sure yeah you cannot avoid it but being aware of this definite reality like it's as if life becomes real like real in a very fleshly level and and in a way of owning yourself and making the choices according to your true desire like you you realize that you don't have any time to waste and you know this is it i'm going full in I'm going full in. Wow. I, I was uh, teaching this summer, this um, series about eyes. And in classical Indian da uh, dances, eyes are where you look at. It's so important uh, part of the dance. And I found like this metaphor for me in life. Like, you know, if, if you're on a bicycle 
and you're afraid of like the cliff, if you look at the cliff because you're afraid you're going to go there, you're kind of steering yourself towards where you don't want to go. So for me, having, you know, the, the, um, the idea to keep your eyes on where you want to go instead of what you're afraid of, it kind of st stirs your life. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. In... yes, yes. It stirs your life. I, I, am, I am feeling it. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a typical cliche where mind goes, energy flows. But, like, your story make, makes it real. Like, if you're riding a bike and you focus your attention to the cliff, you're, you're, staying, you're staying away from from where you're headed headed you're yeah don't let yourself be and, derailed and not even metaphorically not really, uh, the, really the eyes control the muscles of the spine so you are orienting yourself yeah yeah both figuratively and and anatomically physically. and anatomically really there there's a quote from moshe yeah. that he said eyes organize movement And yeah, like if somebody calls your name, like the first that goes, it's your your eyes goes to the direction of the sound, then your face, then your torso, and then your legs, and you're already going in the direction that trapped your attention. And that's when the ability to choose comes into because you went through this life death moment. And you also decided, like, not to get derailed, not not to steer away from from where your focus is. And I believe this is so important in our modern era of distraction that you get into Instagram because you want to send a DM, and like you forget. It happened to me. Like I forget after half an hour, I remember that I was just there for one minute to send a message and then the feed and then the notification and then there's a live and then you get a WhatsApp and then you, it's, it's crazy. Like our attention span is being reduced drastically. So we need to see where we put our focus on and, and, choose to keep this focus as a matter of life or death because it is because it is otherwise you you will find yourself 6 p.m and realizing that you didn't do what you wanted to do or or what you may have accomplished that day didn't give you any satisfaction because you were not involved in the experience of what you were doing. And this mm -hmm. ability to keep your focus, it's, it's the awareness itself. It's, it, it has to do with survival. And along survival, it's sexuality that has to do with, well, I'm passing the genes to the next generation and finally with sex and all the gamma of interrelating as humans with other people, like just how you send a DM has to do with how you are being aware of yourself, how, how you're sensing 
yourself. So I have a, I have a question for you, but before I want to make a little bit of context that a problem that I often see with, with my students at the Pleasure Connection one-on-one -on -one mentoring is that once they finally arrive to the promised land of pleasure after hustling and and working hard like they feel that that they landed in an empty space because they cannot enjoy much they cannot feel much like they worked so hard the last year to go on a Bahamas retreat for new year and when they are there it's like okay they won the place is fantastic but like now what like <laughs> i am bored and yes the, the food and etc but they don't taste the food and they have a gorgeous boyfriend girlfriend whatever and it's like everything is like superficial because attention and awareness is something that needs to be trained in in, in a specific um, class or in a specific practice and then taken as part of your lifestyle. Like we need to, to practice awareness in, a, in our everyday living. So when we come to, to the wonderful moments of celebration in life, we can be aware and feel and sense the pleasure of being there and not just let let life pass you by. So the question is, uh, how have you noticed that being aware of, of your body, perhaps through movement or certain practice, have influenced your, your way of relating with other people? How, how does it uh, has affected positively or maybe even negatively, your relations? Well, that's that's actually a very interesting question because for me, in, in somatics and in wellness in general, uh, there's, of course, there's this need for uh, self-observation and concentration. And I find that it's very easy to get sucked into this, especially as you... You work with somatics and you become more and more aware of the finer details and you go deeper and deeper. Sometimes it's not easy to, to come out of it again. So sometimes after, uh, after a group Feldenkrais lesson, for me personally, uh, I didn't want to connect. I didn't want to ask a question to the teachers. I just needed some time alone and go for a walk. And, and I know that happens also to many people. So... In the context of a lesson, you might need some time to, to kind of let your nervous system digest everything before you, you interact again with people. For me, the, the danger, the, the dark side of these people who get too much into meditation awareness, like they get into it because they're interested, it's interesting and they want to know more, is that sometimes you kind of close off to people. And for me, one of the things, uh, Aikido, though I'm, I'm a, like a novice at it, I've just been doing Aikido for a year and a half. 
And before that, I was doing um, clowning workshops. So for me, this group thing of clowning and uh, Aikido has helped me a lot to kind of get back into the space of interaction. Because uh, it's easy when you get so much sucked into what's, what feels nice, what, what is happening to me, and you try to find your center, you kind of block out because you get so much sucked into your awareness of yourself. It's easy to uh, forget the experience of other people. And also there's this slight, I might even say disconnection from the other person. So for me, both Aikido and clowning in very different ways, because clowning is, is very fun. Uh, in, in Aikido, it is kind of a martial art, so there is a bit more aggression to it than clowning. But it kind of made me come back to this having to work with other people, with active other people who are trying to do something to me. Because even when I work in functional integration with other people, I have this person laying and allowing them, my hands, to, to pass through them. So there's this very passive way of connecting in, in massage, in somatics, in yoga. Everything is soft and smooth. And then you, you go out into the world and the world is not that smooth and not that nice. And for me, it was an interesting balance to come back to this more energized way of being where I kind of become less passive and I kind of have to deal with stronger energies and maybe I have to you know sometimes throw someone down <laughs> and that's a connection too <laughs> it happens it happens <laughs> but yes but, but the, what I found though going through Feldenkrais into Aikido was that although I'm very new to it um, and I don't think of it as a for me the interest is not into the martial art aspect for me it's the awareness part of Aikido that's also again interesting to me but what I found that through my Feldenkrais practice because I didn't have this uke this uh, other person that's attacking me although in aikido we do not attack it's kind of more like um like a game so no one wants to hurt the other person there's uh there are rules inside where you pretend to attack but you don't actually try to to win there's no winning in in aikido when when you're um exercising so you kind of try to learn from the other person. So for me, Aikido has been kind of a Feldenkrais thing involving a second person and how my mass and his mass can, can come together. So it's kind of a, an extension uh, of my Feldenkrais training, in my opinion. Wow, so fascinating because it's then Aikido uh, a kind of specific practice that can later on turn into a better way of relating with other people through awareness mm -hmm. and i i definitely like <laughs> know what is becoming isolated from the world in order to be 
experiencing your own sensual paradise of the little sensations becoming aware ah the fabric so great and your tea and then you do your Feldenkrais you stretch and then you go meditating like you find really like the whole universe and its wonders inside of you to the risky point that you become like possessive of yourself and jealous and you don't want to share yourself with anyone <laughs> like no like uh, I, it happened to me that I don't want to go have coffee or I don't want to go to the movies or have a visit stay for longer than, I don't know, two weeks because it's like, I need my space and my <laughs> space is huge. Like I need a lot of space to, to be in relation with myself, <laughs> but definitely it has a dark side of isolating from the rest of the world and very especially isolating from what maybe is a true paradise that emerges in connection with others. Because like, you know yourself and you arrive to very nice places in your sensations and and oh yeah, you, you go through your pathways of pleasure, but I feel there is no greater pleasure than having someone make you feel something that you didn't know, know you so badly wanted to feel. Like, like when you get, get receive a gift and this gift is is wonderful and it's like i mean i i never thought i would enjoy this gift so much and the other person gave it to you yes because of love but especially because this person could sense aspects in you that are unknown to you so it's mm -hmm. It's it's very important to 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 invite others to your private private beach of experiencing like your wonders wonders of life. Like don't stay isolated. Don't stay isolated. I no. think especially now after uh, all those three years and of COVID and restrictions, and uh, I found. My, of course, that coincided with my uh, my daughter getting old enough now, so she doesn't need me that much. So now I have a bit more space and time for myself too. But I, I found myself reconnecting to old friends and making new friends. And and although I was teaching before COVID, I was teaching a lot of live classes with real people inside, and I didn't feel the the need for connection because I was I was seeing a lot of people and you know I felt saturated by seeing so many people every day but because you know when you're teaching you're kind of leading the group somewhere and then when I stopped teaching because of COVID and I had to stay in and I took the time to get into the introspection but now I'm like okay I found my center can we now expand again and it's 
it's been a very beautiful um, last few months for me, last year almost, where I, I started connecting again with all the new friends and, you know, being able to having found that center, not just, you know, making it as a black hole and sucking, sucking in, sucking in, but okay, okay now it's time for expansion again. And I come to it from a much more stable place for me. Loving it, loving it. Because the image and the sense of it is so clear. Like, I found my center. Like, now let's expand. Because if you find your center, or what we say here, like, take back your center of fire, of power, so you can share the flame. But that's the first step. Like, take yourself back. Uh, claim the, the ownership have authority mm -hmm. in, in, in your choices, like really be in your center. But then we get very comfortably parked there. Like I'm in my center and and here I'm having a good time with which actually is. But yeah, let's not forget the next level that is expanding and then you're expanding from from a safe place and also from a place of honesty that you are in your center so so you won't get up center by relating in a way like we can use a mm -hmm. cliche boundary trend like if you're in your center you can sense when you're like tilted or being pulled out of your center and you will make the choices but it's like okay you're there like you feel good with yourself now now go go and be in the world because that experience of of really being with with other people connecting relating is what actually will make like these unknown aspects of of yourself unfold and that is fundamental in intimacy because a lot of people yeah work like i don't know self-pleasure or um communicating their emotions and expressing their desires like i want like chocolate and you want pizza well you get your pizza i get my my chocolate cake and you do your thing, I do my thing. But it's very important to, in a way, to to share center. Like what you said with, with Aikido, like now you, in a way, you use the uke or the enemy or opponent to move, like you use the center of the other to move your center and i mean mm -hmm. the other can be your partner your co-worker your daughter can be anyone like not as an enemy but as the wondrous and mysterious other and like relinqu relinquish for a moment like this need to be in in control of the position that you are like your subjective position and let yourself 
be moved by the other like let the center of other move your center and discover that you don't have to get out of, of your center like you're just dancing the la the dance of life in a way yeah you know this two things about center that's been through my mind one is that um when my daughter was born uh i was already into feldenkrais so i was very aware of my of my body but the thing is that uh, they allowed me to go outside for a walk in the hospital she had like she was the second day so she was born or something and I, i needed to get out because i don't like hospitals obviously who does so i put on my pants and i i go out just you know to stroll around a bit and i could physically feel the center of my world being outside my body it was like if i she had a string and she was pulling and the more i would try to walk away from the hospital i could feel myself being pulled back because she was the center now it, it was outside of me wow and it was a very very interesting experience because it was like oh you know like the tower of pisa i was like all these years i was me and my center was here and suddenly there was like no it's outside now it's a, <laughs> like let's go there like this center inside my center is moving to to her place how fascinating because of course like the pelvis of of your baby daughter was inside your pelvis <laughs> her center was inside <laughs> your center i that, that is so fascinating and so interesting Yeah, I had found it fascinating and you know because babies are so so weak and and they need so much so there was this anxiousness but also there was this really this lack of center that was had been pushed outside and you know I was trying to play around with it as much as I could because I found it a very interesting experience. Now she's older so <laughs> I got my center back. You got your center back. <laughs> and she yes, has her but, own center. Yes, that's amazing. You know, as they grow up, they they build their own centers so they don't need you and the more they don't need you, the more you can find your own space and be back again. And you know, that thing for me which I have a very big beef with that with, you know, people how we say, you know, finding our other half thing. Yes. I dislike it in relationships so much. Like you have to find your ownness your wholeness and then interact as whole people yes so i think you know in in our culture it's based it's it's like you don't need other persons and if you need other persons and you think you can't live without another person it's not a choice anymore it's, not, it's a choice. not a choice it's not a choice it's a compulsion yeah yeah Yeah, a compulsion like an addict, like a like a dependence of food. It's like stepping out from your center of maturity and being an adult and moving yourself away to the center that you had when you were a 100% depending baby. Because a baby like you drop it there and dies. <laughs> we are very lucky that our moms took good care of us so that's dependence and that's need and which is like being void of of your center 
So it, it's like expecting, like you, you are, you're an abyss because you need another person to, to feel you. And imagine you, you find a mountain no? that can, can feel you, but then the mountain will empty in order to feel the abyss and you will, you both will be flatlining. That's why toxic relationships are so draining because if the other is the abyss, it, it will suck you down. And the one that is the abyss will always be in a way resented that it wasn't because of itself that went to to an equal level. So there's like there's not this aspect of self-confidence that that is sourced at your lowest low so in in a way it's very interesting to to see like <laughs> continuing with the image of the abysses and the mountains how some people really have become the phoenix that rise from the ashes as if the the bottom of the hole you were in defines like your lowest bottom defines your highest peak and it's equal height but there there's something in you called your center that you take ownership and then you decide what you do and then you go on and and yeah share share centers dance with the others There we are, back. There we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, you know, it's like the cardiogram. Like, I don't know yeah, if it's, yeah, yeah. it's called that in English, to be honest. That's how it's called in Greek. Where you, you, your highest peak is also like the lowest. There's yes. a, an equilibrium yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to keep it moving. You have to, you don't want to be too high, you yeah. don't be too low, you want to keep it moving. And yeah, very interesting. Yeah, like, but uh, everything is, is expansion and, and contraction and, and movement and it's all waves. It's all waves. It's all movement. And I think, you know, besides the, the point that, well, you know, I think that, you know, everyone gets older grows older but not everyone matures exactly so there's, there's kind of a difference there exactly 
Yeah. But I think, you know, a, a big part of that plays into our relationships and into our relationship with ourselves is this uh, fear of, of letting go, this fear of riding the wave because we kind of get stuck and we want to keep things as they are. You know, I was recently talking to, to a friend who was telling me that, oh, I, I don't want my kids to grow up. I love them so much as they are little. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 uh, no, I'm, no. I'm very much a proponent. Oh. <laughs> I'm very much a proponent of the wave. I mean, you know, but the thing is that I don't know how, how easy it is for everyone to be able to let go and to be able you know, to just stay open for the next thing. Yes. And then close and then open again. So, you know, it, it does take a little bit of, of um, awareness to getting move. used to, to, to letting go of, yes. to letting go of the, of the attachments yes. and the patterns and everything. But yes. that's the only way to, to, to mature. That's the only way you to have mature. to be, mm -hmm. and to, and to you have on. to be open to, to change. You have to be open to, to the change. And like you say, everyone grows older, but not everyone matures. And you need to... Maturity is like how, how you face life, especially, especially the famous con constrictions in movement that we see, for example, in Feldenkrais. And in real life are the challenges. You never know when when COVID hits, like, I mean, how would we, the whole world knew that there was a pandemic coming, but it's like these constrictions that you're like turning to a pretzel in Feldenkrais and you have to find the way to get out of, of your own constriction. So it's like, okay, you're in a state, but the thing is to get out of there and it's not as simple as that because you develop like the differentiation by exploring the possibilities for getting for for moving with a certain constraint and i feel that that is key in in maturity like being willing to face life and deal with life as it is in a shared centered kind, kind of way. And, and for that, it's very important to be connected um, to your awareness and let, let your experience tell you if you're going through the right way or the wrong way. And a very easy way to, to know is simply Asking yourself, is this pleasurable or not? Am I enjoying this mo movement or not? And I don't know, in your life, you're facing a final exam, uh, a quarter delivery, a problem with a colleague or, or an employee, or you're giving birth, or many things happen. But the thing is, to take ownership and choose how you're gonna deal with it. Like, like 
own your center and sense yourself in which way you can actually, if you're having a bad time, in which way you can have at least a little bit less of a bad time. And maybe from there, how you can be okay. And from there, how can, can you actually feel good and then feel fantastic? Like how you went for a walk on the hospital before giving birth, like you felt that maybe something like taking space, moving out, but but not only from a rational level, but from from a fleshly level. And like we know that that the psoas muscle that flex the legs when we walk, like the walking muscle runs deep in our core, like from from the groins back from the pubic bone back from the of the intestines hugging the low back and that muscle is connected to the via fascia to the uterus so the whole thing of walking was a a way of moving your your hip bones and your pelvic bones and and not many, not many people, um, not many people trust themselves as a body. They don't trust their body, not because they don't feel it, but because they've been educated on not trusting your sensations and your body or your thoughts or your emotions, like. We have been actually miseducated. So I'm loving what you say. Yeah, that's very on, true. On taking your center. On taking your center and then expanding it. You know, many of my, many, many of my students, and I thought that too when I was in my Feldenkrest. And in your feeling talk sometimes because it's wonderful pain and it goes away and it, it it's almost magical and yeah and uh, since then I felt like that too and I've had many many of my students tell me like why is this not in school yes why are why have because I had um morning classes with um uh, older women who don't work anymore in their 60s and their 70s and they all had most of them had like troubles and pains and after a while when they started feeling better they were they were telling me like why didn't they teach me this at school why didn't they teach me this somewhere why did i have to become 70 and suddenly realize that oh yes i'm not supposed to be in pain i'm not supposed to be, i can feel good i can't uh, do something pleasurable with my body because you know this no pain no gain, no gain. Uh, mentality about the body uh, even in in dance or in um, in any kind of gymnast gym work you hear again and again oh you know you have it this is good for you pain is good pain is weakness leaving the body yeah what a nonsense and what a nonsense 
And then when you discover that you didn't have to actually do all this and there's so much more pleasurable ways of moving your body and feeling better and getting away from from pain, it's it's mind-blowing. Why haven't we been taught this? It's yeah. cool. Yeah, actually, we But have... then you know there... Then, then you know what? Oh, sorry, you have a lag and I'm talking over you. Yeah, it's okay. You were saying, keep going. Uh, I, I was uh, saying that for my to want anarchist thing for themselves, uh, who would stupid products? if they didn't much less people so i think you know it's it's inside our society yeah are we back yeah so yeah. You, you were saying that it's so immersed in a in our society not to think for ourselves and and not to wonder what's going on in you like at any level like wonder what are you thinking why are you thinking that how are you feeling where does that mm, emotional experience is being sourced like like what happened and especially physically like we are taught Wait, now i can hear you again not feeling yeah so now you're back you're back we're we're back um yeah so i i had a very very dear student taking the one-on-one -on -one mentoring that one day she told me like candia you don't know how grateful i am because now i know that i am a body because now I can feel myself. I spent six decades of my life being a stranger to myself, like leaving a house. I didn't know had a living room and a garden and a pool and a rooftop terrace, wonderful and like being unknown to herself. And and she told me like at sixty. I feel that I am beginning to be intimate with my husband. I, I, I feel that finally we're starting to get to know each other on, on an intimate level. Because being mm. with a husband or being married was all a matter of duty for her before, like, like I mean, I am I am a wife. I have to to prepare the breakfast. I have to get the kids ready. I have to sleep with my husband and fulfill my marriage duties because that's what it should be done. And she ran on on autopilot. I I mean, very compliantly tremendously successful 
very high level executive woman. And she told me like at 60, I am beginning to be intimate with my husband and my husband with me. Like really you, you taught me how, how to move and how to feel my body. And definitely all that we're talking about should be taught in schools. I don't know, maybe in some Asian places from we have gotten so much of, of this background, things are different. But here, like in Europe, in America, like we are so detached from the sensitive experience of ourselves that, well, it's making huge money to the pharmaceutical industries and the doctors. Like this is a... Not, not a only that, what kind of a consumer is going to buy the cream, the right t-shirt or the whatever, if they feel comfortable within themselves? Exactly. What kind of consumer is going to go out and buy stuff if they can connect with people? Exactly, exactly. Like if you can connect with other centers, like what's the need of having a Lambo to show off or a huge condo or the high-end vacations? Like, yeah, maybe, but at the same time, all that is superficial and you can always, always tell. So yeah, pleasure has become a product in our society. And the huge problem is that you get the product, but you don't get the pleasure. I mean, yeah, my iPhone is super beautiful, but they sell you the, the iPhone like, oh, wow, like if it's the Bahamas or paradise itself. And I mean, it's a very helpful. Well, I love my <laughs> my phone, but that's it. Like, I mean, <laughs> we we are... We are the glory of life. I mean, we are the glory of life. We are alive. It's 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 amazing. And yeah, I feel that view is wrong and we need to change it. We need to take back our ownership of of pleasure and and take authority on the choices we make for the life that we live and, and yeah like you say i'm gonna do what i want like i i was close i'm gonna do what i want now and it's about being honest with yourself and with others and with the world by by becoming responsible both for your desire and responsible for your satisfaction it's no one else's responsibility it's it's yours and actually it's what you very well said yeah. it's your birthright pleasure satisfaction is your birthright like mm -hmm. don't wait claim it now <laughs> enjoy so would you share with us a little movement experience to claim our pleasure, like feel, feel our center and enjoy ourselves? Sure, 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 sure. Hey. Um, <clears throat> now let me think. 
So one of my favorite things to do, which is actually very, very easy, is kind of finding how we feel our balance when it's being challenged. So if you're sitting on a firm chair, and especially a chair that doesn't have like uh, wheels or something, I just want you to take your time and feel the sit bones, which are, you know, those uh, bones at the bottom of your pelvis. And you kind of, kind of, they feel kind of like a rocking chair. So you can kind of rock it forward and back. And then as you experience this coming forward and back, can you make it smaller and smaller until you find this tipping point where you feel that your equilibrium is there on, on your sit bones? And for a moment, can you sense if one of your sit bones is different from the other as a sensation? So maybe it feels heavier. Maybe one feels wider. So there's, there's all these kinds of way that you can compare them and see what's the difference from one side to the other. So, And maybe it's just, you know, a feeling. Maybe you cannot explain it in words yet, but you just feel, yeah, there's a difference from one side to the other. And then I would like you to take um, a book or a notebook or a notepad or something. Yeah, like... <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's not do that to the yeah. iPhone. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I want you to put it under the sit bone that felt smaller or lighter or Yeah, you're back. So the sit bone that feels with a lighter connection to the chair put it under that sit bone. So for some, it will be to the left, and so for some, it will be to the right. And now you've created this, this little small um, step. Yes. And it, it goes without saying that everything feels different now. Yes. So take a moment and feel your lower back. And how far up your spine do you feel this difference? And let's just play now by swinging our whole torso from one sit bone to the other. So what you're doing now basically is swinging side to side, then something changes as you step up on that little book. There's a difference in the quality of movement because on one side, you're kind of, going up as if you were going up the stairs and on the other side you're just tumbling back down to the chair can you make it now so that there is an actual difference in the intention of the movement so that as you come with your sit bone on the book you kind of press it down as if you were going up the stairs how do you go up a ladder you press down with your foot so can you find now this idea of gently switching the movement so that on one way you're going up and on the other way you just release down and you push down on the book that's it and then let it go and again for a moment just sense the right and the left sit bone and how your pelvis stands now with this little step so again it's 
obvious that you're going to feel a, a big difference because there's an actual physical difference of a book underneath one sit bone. What I want you to pay attention now is that as you take the book away, you don't come back to your original state. Oh, wow. Now they are even. Now something has shifted. Yes. For some, it will be even. For some, they will even feel heavier on that side. On the other side, melted. <laughs> Delicious. So, the idea is that there's no straight, there's no posture per se, because we kind of get used to what the way we we um, we sit, and we kind of feel that this is the normal, this is the center, but it is not, and it can be easily changed. So it's kind of our nervous system get this. Um, it's more like a thermostat. Yes. So we have this tendency, again, to draw ourselves back to what we are used to. And what we are used to feels comfortable. And sometimes what we are used to is not really comfortable. It's unpleasurable, but we've been at it so much that we don't know the difference anymore. So all these little Feldenkrais puzzles is not about finding the correct posture. They're just experiments to show this mosaic of different ways of being and how much of a difference just sitting and feeling your sit bones can become if you make just a small adjustment. Yes. Yes. So we could do it on the other side and see what happens. Okay, let's go. So put it up under the other side. Just take again a moment to feel. And what's interesting with the second side for me is to go about it with an open mind. So don't expect what you felt on one side to be exactly the same on the other. Do every movement as if it is the first time you're doing it. Don't leave your expectations of what it will feel like so that you are able to have your attention here and sense because it might be similar but this side might feel totally different and again you know just you begin to think about shifting your weight and as you shift your weight can you think of that sit bone that's on the book stepping down pushing down as if you were climbing up a ladder or a set of stairs and how is it on this side how is it not only for your pelvis, but maybe for your lower back or your ribs or the back of your neck? The more experience you have with somatics, the finer the details become. And that's what makes it interesting. And then come back to center and sense how this is. And maybe this time, not only feel how this is for your body, but how is this? For your your sensation, do you feel more powerful sitting with this side up? Does it feel more weird, unusual, uncomfortable maybe? Sometimes when we are not used um, to a specific pattern, it might feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the differentiation of this uh, feeling uncomfortable is very important because sometimes it's something that the body says like, no, 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 I don't want to go there. 
and you have to trust it. And sometimes it's just the opposite of what you're used to doing. And this uncomfortableness is not really because you don't have to go there, but it is because you haven't explored it. It's unfamiliar. It feels unfamiliar, so it feels hostile. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's a very big difference in, in getting to know when the body does not want to go because it's unfamiliar and strange, and when does the body does not want to go because it's somewhere that's painful and it doesn't want to go there. And that, again, is a differentiation that takes time to learn. And now, again, you can... You can take your book out and see what happened. If you kind of feel lopsided, it feels more balanced. It feels so interesting. <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I have a hollow seed bone and a very wide opposite seed <laughs> bone. <laughs> and, you know, when we were doing this, I felt a radical difference between one side and the other and my my perfectionistic compulsion tried to kick in to make the both sides equal then i follow your the your words and then i i felt my whole spine uncoiling like i was in a weird knot of tensions so ingrained in my late collapse of this week that I became unaware of how it was and now I, now I feel that actually <laughs> I have a different posture than when we started and this posture where I'm at feeling so upright is actually effortless while mm -hmm. my previous collapsed posture took me like it was apparently comfortable as you say but it was the uncomfortable comfort of the familiar which on the mm. long run lead you to a spinal surgery and like wearing out your joints so yeah like it's very clear this sense of uh, like why am I so happy I, I feel that maybe sometimes we are so afraid of love or so afraid of money or so afraid of success because we confuse our bodily sensation of being on the watch because it's something new, something unusual, something unexpected with the other sense of real danger. And mm. knowing how to tell it's ski not only for survival from the earthquake but it's key for for your pleasure because if you're not used to pleasure if you you're not used to enjoying the first slice of the pizza or the keys with your beloved or you're not used to to read a book calmly like you're gonna freak out when you get there, you're gonna freak out when, when, when you get what you you deserve. So, yeah, loving how how you so clearly point out at this difference and how we you led us to to experience by doing this. 
I feel this this is actually a great practice for for the sensualists here in the in the audience to do every day because most of the people here are workaholics they work a nine to five job and then go to their home and continue working there so it's very important to to bring this awareness to your everyday life and making them even part of your identity of, yeah, I am taking my hourly break or my every three hours break just to sense my seat bones. And I don't care what my coworkers <laughs> think or or say. Yeah. Thank you so much, Herifili. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really enjoyed. It was a very interesting talk, although we had our technical problems <laughs> yeah technical problems but it was a very very interesting talk yeah we we navigated the problems in, in a very real life way mm -hmm. like yeah like zoom kick us out of the call we jump right in and it gets frozen we breathe a little bit maybe this will be a little <laughs> bit edited but that's the thing like don't freak out with the unexpected and adapt to the challenges oh, yeah. from your center and let yourself be moved by the waves of other centers can be other people can be your partner can be covid it's it's life itself so so yeah awareness is is a way yeah. of, of living pleasure sensuality it's, it's how you choose to live so yeah Tell us, how can we know more about your work and contact you maybe for for an online... Well, um, I, have, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel where I post uh, a lot of my um, smaller uh, lessons, which is free, of course. It's uh, in the YouTube.com. Uh, if you search for Erifili Nicola or Erifili Feldenkrais, I will come out. Um, I haven't been posting the last few months because I have this internet problem. I haven't had um, internet for three months, so I've been slow, but I'm trying to get back on my track. My website is feldenkraisandyoga.com and I have a newsletter, which is a good idea to subscribe because I I don't spam people. I only... The most I email people is once a month, and usually it's about what's going up online for free, what are the new classes. So there's always something interesting around. Nah. So yeah, I'm I'm fingers crossed when I get my line back. I'm I'm working now on a, a Greek platform, uh, Feldenkrais in Greek, which has been postponed due to my um, yeah life internet <laughs> problems. And you have also a Feldenkrais app. I feel, I think that was the first one. Oh, right? Yes. Yeah, the, I think, yes, it's the first one. I have, um, it's free. It's uh, available for iOS and um, uh, Android. It's a free app. Each month, there's a different teacher talking. And uh, you will be, uh, depending on when we post this, you will be coming up soon or yeah. you'll be already on online yeah because you're teaching there too yeah yeah i'm teaching there too so... yeah <laughs> nice it, it is it's called what's the name of of the app the, the name 
is called My Feldenkrais App. My Feldenkrais App. And there are um, there are lessons in many different languages. There are a few of my lessons for going to sleep, which are uh, for relaxing, and it's a whispered. And then each month I host uh, a different uh, teacher, so you can see the whole broadness of this amazing spectrum that the Feldenkrais work can offer. Yeah, fascinating. So go get my Feldenkrais app on your I- app store of your iPhone or in your D whatever store. Play Store, the Android, yeah. The, the Android. Yeah, in, in, Play store. in the Americas, you have a lot of Apple users. In Europe, it's a very small percentage. So it's uh, it's very different. Be- very different. But anyway, it's the same name. My Feldenkrais app. So no, it's the same and it's the same app. The same app. It's exactly so, the same. So yeah. go like as as you're listening now like grab your phone and go to your app store and download my feldenkrais app and you will see there yours truly teaching uh an interesting uh movement experience on sensual pleasure awareness and of course you will have the best 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 teachers of feldenkrais in the world because Eri Philly is doing like um, a fascinating collaborative endeavor in this app. It's it's a treasure and it's a free treasure. So you really go to get it. Now, my Feldenkrais app. And to, to book sessions with Eri Philly, go to feldenkraisandyoga.com, correct? Feldenkraisandyoga.com, yes. Feldenkraisandyoga.com and subscribe to, to the newsletter to get news from Eri Philly once once a month. And you can also check out her YouTube videos in Eri Philly Nicola or Eri Philly Feldenkrais. Yay. So happy talking to you, Eri Philly. Yay. Great pleasure. Great you pleasure. too. You too. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, yes. And Essentialist, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time for you, like the time you're taking. It's it's like water, it's like food. You not only deserve it, because pleasure is your birthright, but this is something that fuels you. This is taking your center of power to then go expand your interactions and share your flame. So until next time, Remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share your flame. And if you haven't subscribed already to the Central Sessions podcast, please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up to get these episodes delivered weekly on your inbox.